mono e mono dose. One and one, two. I'm gonna need you to not look at me. I've never shamed you. You're the one always shaming me. <laughs> Hi, I'm Olivia. And I'm Kelly, and this is a Court of Theories podcast, where we deep dive all things Akatar, Throne of Glass, and Crescent City. This podcast contains spoilers. I don't think it's... How do you spell it? Because I typed... O-N-O? I typed... just a Y? If you translate it from Spanish to English, it says monkey and monkey. No. Oh, mono is uno in Spanish. And if you do mono, why mono, it's monkey and bun. What? Oh, no. Why? What did you do that? Why would it change? No, never mind. If I if I hit enter, it changes it. Why does that matter? Why would... So it means monkey and... Oh, here. I can turn this. <laughs> make it make sense. <laughs> it's the same word. I don't know. It's with and, but the... Well, I'm going to get Why? Why? Wow. That's what it says. Like you're fucking with me, but I do. Yeah, I think somebody on the other end of Google is kind of like um, whenever you text cha cha. Oh my god. <laughs> and the person on they were real people on the yeah, other end. People of used to get paid to answer cha cha questions. Oh my god. Listen, I would ask some of the dumbest fucking questions to cha cha, and like I remember we that just like, that was the craziest thing. I forgot all about so that. People sat on the other end, basically in the chat room. Because you had to text like the five digit number or whatever for Cha-Cha. And it would take a couple minutes and then they would respond. What? And if they didn't know, they would literally say that I don't know. Okay, here we go. Mono y mano is an error caused by mishearing the Spanish expression mano a mano, which is M-A-N-O, A-M-A-N-O. Which means not man-to-man, but hand-to-hand. Oh. As in hand-to-hand combat, as in one-to-one. Yeah. <laughs> so you'd be like, it's going down, mano-a-mano, yes, but ma- not like you and I are friends, mano-a-mano. Right. No. no. We're going to fucking kick each other's ass. Yeah. Oh, but you know what? That makes it even cooler. I wish I took space. Cha-Cha would have known. My French is just, well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm here to tell you what. I there are I some took word- Spanish. <laughs> there are some words that I do know or some phrases I can figure out because... Context clues. Well, f- Spanish and French are kind of similar in They're some cousins. ways. So, yeah. Cousin. It's on the, all, on the all- dad's side, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. And they've all suffered you from You love the them same- and you kind of look alike, but you also don't really know yeah, each other. you don't know them. You're suffering from the same trauma yeah. because you're emotionally unavailable fathers. Yeah. Sometimes physically unavailable fathers, depending on... Which end of the spectrum you're on, but I mean, you know, still gonna fight you. Mano y mano. Mano y mano. Mm. Mm. Everybody was coming. <laughs> I was. Are you okay? That's what I picture every time I said you something funny and you're like, I just choked. That's what I picture. Is that what happens? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I really do. What was it that you sent me? That- I know that's probably not good, but it also just like thrills me that I make you laugh that you would choke. <laughs> that I choke on stuff? Yeah. Um, well, that's like the other day you literally made coffee come out my nose, which, when? But when? I don't when? remember. I don't remember what you said, but. It's delightful. It, it like dribbled. Oh, 
Was it hot? Yeah. <laughs> Not an iced coffee. That day. sucks. I mean, wasn't great. Sorry. <laughs> was snotty for a while after that. Ew. I what? I'm giving you. You made me choke, and then coffee came out my mouth. Yeah, I'll take responsibility. <laughs> so this person, I'm not going to say their name. I don't know. I don't even. I don't know what this is. It you? No. <laughs> I don't know what. The, so I don't, this person, wink, wink, wink. It wasn't me. I haven't even read the whole thing yet. Not I even just, on the counter. Shut up. Uh, on the bathroom. In the bathroom. All I've read so far was the title and the first sentence, and I'm laughing. What is it? Because it's in the Crescent City reddit thread uh-huh. and the title is now that i think about it this was so whack and the first <laughs> sentence is i initially rated this book five stars why <laughs> well clearly someone is doing something with I, it because i'm gonna it's read this because one. this feels very funny and i'm gro- i'm going into it blind with you okay okay now that i think about it this was so whack i initially rated this book five stars why I was just happy to be reading new SJM content after two years of waiting, and it definitely had that feel-good factor at the end. The high is starting to come off, and there are quite a bit of issues I'm having with this book, to be honest. Main issues that I have going into this book. Bryce, Girlie was 100% in my top three SJM females. That was my baby. I was so excited to see her again, but she let me down so bad. Her attitude was awful to the core. Her treatment of Hunt, shocking, to be honest. The way she tried to brush over his trauma and compared it to her little adventure in the caves with Ness and Az banging out club music, not to mention her judging the entirety of the Fae population like how is they all evil just because of the five Fae people, you know? <laughs> Literally, Sathya was initially labeled as a Fae stuck-up prick just for her to be nicer than Bryce herself. My last draw was when Miss I Hate the Fae So Much killed both the Fae monarchs and then made herself queen of the Fae. Ethan... My sweet boy, Ethan is genuinely the slowest character in that series. Only their gods can help those wolves now that he is prime. And also <laughs> nobody cares about Sigrid, sweetheart. <laughs> Amen, sister. This is so funny. No okay. one knew she even existed. No. Yeah. No one I was do, missing her. I do not give No, a fuck. I don't give a fuck about Sigrid. Like she at all. She's is she alive again? Wait. Yeah. Yeah. So she like sucks out the prime soul. Oh, right, right, right. And then she ran off. Right. We didn't end up killing her. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. What's don't... she gonna do with that? I don't know. We don't I mean, care. also, I mean, the prime had to go. Like, truly, he was half asleep for three books. So stupid. Right, and none of the stuff that he like pointed out even came. Ethan's like, "There's a a Findier Alpha in the tanks," and the prime's like, "Yeah, I know." Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, plot holes slash random convenient stuff. What the hell happened to my girl, Victoria? The trove casually being able to be used by Bryce and Hunt was infuriating. Arkesian amulet, pointless. Ariadne, where was my girl? Don't even get me started on the very convenient magic bean to understand the Akatar characters. We're on the same wavelength, uh, yeah. honey. We're all not okay with that. Furthermore, Bryce should have remained dead. I'll admit I did cry a little when she died, but still, her coming back to life was so cheap. Tunnel scenes, to be honest, I never initially had any issues with this because I was just happy to be in the presence of my babies, Nesta and Az. But now that I deep it, hmm, and don't even let me start about Bryce releasing a whole Asteri into the caves and then getting mad at Nesta for killing it. Like, by the way, these are just the issues I had from the top of my head. I'm sure there are many more. (laughs) Oh, no. And it has 49 comments. 15 Uh people are reading it right now. (laughs) 15 people are live right here. Okay, so 
<clears throat> Let's go to this because Emily has commented on this. Okay. So this was 15 hours ago. Oh my gosh. And the name on this is Anna Cha Cha. <laughs> she, do you think she worked for Cha Cha? I don't know. The theme of this episode is Cha Cha. Cha Cha. Um, and for any of you Gen Zers that could possibly be listening Nobody to us. Nobody is listening to us. You know us. what though? Or maybe just even from other countries. We have a lot of international listeners. Um, in case you missed it earlier, Cha Cha. What? I said, oh, that's true. International oh, oh, I thought I, I thought you said bless you, and I was like, you're the one that just burned. No. <laughs> you know how I said that's true. Was it was it four oh four four oh four? I'm almost positive it was four oh four four oh four. Um it was that but you texted. You texted in and there was literally a person on the other end. Also, we did this on our flip phone. Yeah, so yeah, your you phone did T9 didn't, text. Your it. phone didn't have internet. Yeah. So when you had a question, you couldn't just like open Safari and Google that shit because you didn't have internet on your phone. No. So you would text. I'm pretty sure. It says area served worldwide. Oh, wait. wait, that says was 404404 Cha Cha or was that a Twitter? Because you used to have to text your tweets too. Oh, I forgot about texting your tweet because for people that didn't have. Oh, no, no. Cha Cha was. Oh, wait. Users could call 1 800 to Cha Cha. What? I never called. No. It was 242242. Oh. Still, though. It liter- I think it literally spelled cha cha. Cha Yeah. In T9. <laughs> because, yeah, your phone, you used to be able to type with the numbers. Each number had a letter and, associated with yeah, right? it. Right. And they used to spell phone numbers. Could do it on blind. The TV. Could yeah. do it blind. Anyways, Anyways cha cha. Cha cha. You text in your question. And a real human was sitting on their computer and would Google your question for you and text you back. And text <laughs> and sometimes But they did it so fucking fast. They really did it super fast. And then but sometimes, because I mean, even then the internet was still just a growing thing. Sometimes they'd have to say, I don't know. Yeah. I would occasionally get an I don't know. <laughs> and I I was then I was upset and flabbergasted. I was like, well. Got to go to the computer lab then, try to find this out for myself. So it's it's just hilarious, the growth <laughs> that we have. But we did it. I did that on my Crazer. Not a razor, Crazer. The skinnier one. The smaller, skinnier one. I had a pink Crazer, like when they first came out. I had a... I was cool. Except I had the Verizon one, not the AT&T one. So when I closed it, the little thing on the outside, it wasn't it wasn't my background picture. And I hated that. Jackie's mom had the AT&T razor, oh. and when she closed it, her background picture was on the, like, outside oh, thing. Oh, I didn't know there was a difference. There was a difference. And the Verizon one didn't do that. It was just, like, your – it was, like, some kind of color. I don't know. It was, like, a plain one, and then it just had, like, a time and date. Yeah, It didn't I, put the I don't think my background on it. Crazer. You know what the first ringtone I had on that was? Tell me. Hips don't lie. <gasps> well, to, to be fair, I didn't buy it. My dad got the razor for me for like my birthday or something. And like he put that on there, which that's fucking weird. Now that's that I'm saying that out so loud. so weird that your dad, well, that's the song well, that your dad you know, picked. I was going to say, actually, he was married at the time and she was like 26 oh, years old. So I think she probably she did it. She definitely did it. But as I was telling the story, I was realizing how fucking gross that sounded. I think it was his wife at the time. I don't think it was Do actually. Do you him. remember, speaking of ringtones, ring back tones? Yeah. Please enjoy your music while your party, party is reached. reached. Um, but yeah, wow, my, my, <laughs> my pink razor, I always put it half in, half out my pocket. That's so right. everybody could fucking see my pink razor. Of course. Of course. 
with of my course. flares and Birkenstocks, which I still wear to this day. I was saying, is Not that the what same you have pair, on but I'm literally wearing, yeah. Yeah. Now that you can actually find flares, like this is all I want to wear. Oh, not can't be me. My legs are too long. I'd have to buy longs. The mine are much more expensive. And I'm short. So yeah, I fucking they love work it. for you. Oh, yeah. They work for you. Um, but yeah, oh God, ringback tones. And then whenever you didn't keep up with your ringback tones, then you heard bum bum ba bum 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 bum. It was still <laughs> sorry, this bitch is poor. Let's right. just sorry. tell everybody. I got mad and canceled her. <laughs> <laughs> Because it was like $3 a month to have a ringback tone. Like, Rhonda, we'll just make one less stop at the gas station <laughs> to let me be That's cool. how you know you were like treated like an only child because you had a fucking ringback tone. No, Everybody right. else's parents were like, absolutely not. Right. Cor- uh, my brother was nowhere nowhere around. But Rhonda's and- like, you know what? You are better than everyone else. Right. I want that to Right. <laughs> She's just to verify that ringback tone that I pay $3 for. For real, though, if I would get in trouble, she'd be like, my ringback tone is off. And I'm like... <laughs> Like, dropped my knees and screamed to the sky. But who's going to hear that I'm edgy? Yeah. <laughs> Instead, you know I sound I like did? an elevator. I would record songs, and that would be, like, my voicemail box. Oh, of- hell yeah. So, yeah. Oh, I mean, listen, if if we would have been able to do that and for, you know like, And you know my Taylor favorite Swift. one was? Was uh, Cute Without... No. Not Cute Without the E. That's um, that's a Taking Back Sunday song. What was that band called? I had a shirt. I had a shirt, and it was green. And I, I don't know what happened to oh, it, and it broke oh, my heart. Oh, it said d- something, something, and then the middle was cute, and then it's something, something. something. Cutest what we aim for? Yes, 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 yes. yes. Sorry, I it was, was like, cutest what we aim for, and I'm- it had the outline of the girl on the. No, it was just a green shirt, and it said at the top, it said is what we aim for, and then it said cute in really big letters, and then underneath it, it said is what we aim for again. Oh, and I don't know what happened to it, but every time I wore it, everybody at school, like seniors, when I was a freshman, they'd be like. Oh, that's a cool shirt. Like, oh, thanks. Thanks. I'm, I'm so actually super cool. Edgy. Yeah. Um, but no, my favorite ringtone inbox that I had was one of their songs. And it was like, I don't even know. I got birds in my ear and a devil on my shoulder. Yes. And, the other and I can't get a hold of her. And what's a crush to do? And then it would. What's a crush to do when he can't get through? And then you could leave and a then message. It, uh, Wasn't that so fucking clever? I still think pr- that's actually pretty good. No. It, so professionally, we're going to do that you think cute is what we aim for will give us the rights to i doubt it but i would love to hear the song right now well let's let's play it oh what did my shirt look like and why what i was happened try- to it? i was trying to look it up to see if i could oh, this is the shirt how did you already find it did you just type in green oh i do remember you having that shirt yeah. you wore that shirt a lot not as much as I wanted to because it disappeared. Somebody probably stole it from me, to be honest. Probably. Probably my sister. I will say, does Madeline, are you listening? Do you have it? I'm going to text her right now. I say, did you steal this shirt from me? Because I want it back. <laughs> Why is my search engine Yahoo? That's gross. My husband uses Yahoo email. It, willingly? Yeah. Ew. Jameson, if you're listening... Get a Gmail like everyone else. He has one, but he prefers his Yahoo account. Has uh, a Yahoo Sports? I don't know. Oh, okay. So this is while you're texting Madeline about your shirt. She said no. She never listened to them. It doesn't matter. The shirt was cool. Where are all of my band tees, to be honest? What the fuck? I had the AFI one that had all of the lyrics to Miss Murder on the front. <laughs> that was one of my favorite band tees that you ever owned. Because, I mean, hey. I had Taking Back Sunday is like one of my favorite. I still love them so much. Oh, me I too. had one of theirs that was really, really cool. I can't think of. I had a number. Well, I mean, I still and have I had a number cool of Paramore to write shirts. Love on Her Arm shirt that I yes. love. Yes. 
Where are all those? Did I get rid of them? Um, I definitely weird. I definitely had a really fun hello goodbye one. I'm pretty sure like it had like, a little hello goodbye like green guy on it, and I think he was sitting on a unicorn. Yeah, that was cute. Oops. I also loved buying them at Boney Junes and like just buying the ones that were like no name bands. Obscure. Yeah. I just thought I was super cool. I mean, you were. Still are. I mean, I still think she's pretty cool. Like 16 year old Olivia. I'm still like, yeah, you were pretty cool. Yeah. Sometimes I want to look back at 16 year old Kelly and just be like, dump his ass. Dump it. Stop going back to him. Dump his ass. Um, okay, so anyway, so I am also on the Crescent City SJN Reddit, and so it is on a cha-cha. That's what got us on our oh, yeah, sidebar. Sorry. No, we those were important topics that okay. everyone wanted to. You're right. <laughs> right. So it says marketing containing spoiler references and how Bloomsbury SJM hyped it. So they're kind of just pointing out those marketing moments that like worked it up to the release of that. So it says marketing that contained ACOTAR references. When SJM had the first draft, she said the book was split between Midgard and Akatar world, so 50% in Akatar. This is before we anyone ever got their clutches on it. Then we found out about the Nesta as Bryce bonus chapter. Reese's quote from CC2 in Instagram video. The hello Bryce Quinlan. Quote with Nesta and Azrael in the cave. Quote with Bryce in the hewn city, and that was like leaked. SJM stated that you need to read Akatar. Prologue in Chapter 1 released early have the most of Akatar characters. SJM stated multiverse seeds were planted across all three series, which we do see. That, you know. All promos on Instagram didn't contain spoiler warnings. The interview with Catherine Weber is about Bryce hanging out with Akatar characters. Also dropped plot lines like Reese being protective of Nyx around Bryce. And SJM's Avengers quote during interview with Catherine. It's like the first Avengers movie. So then we have the marketing without Akatar references. So Lydia's quote from chapter one, like the very first sentence, random Bloomsbury girls screaming. Yeah. Hofast being printed the final product, like when they showed cryptic video with Hunt, the CC2 cover. I don't remember that. And then quote with Bryce being enough. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I don't. But then it says the Avengers did reference. She, did she say the one about she rushed back to Nesta and Asriel and hoped that there was something left to save? Did she mention that one? Yeah. That was very fucking misleading. Yeah. That was very misleading. Um, yeah. Quote with Nesta and Asriel in the cave. Yeah. 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 So then it says the Avengers reference with. House of Earth and Blood was released. This is before Hofast, so unclear how much of a crossover she wanted. She wanted then and not exactly marketing for Hofast. I love the Avengers movies. I love the Marvel movies. I love the DC movies. I love Star Wars. I love all of that stuff. And I wanted to write a book that was kind of like a love letter to all of those things that I love so much. People say fans overhyped the crossover. I never expected it to be as big as Akatar fighting alongside CC. Neither did we. Some definitely did, but the marketing still relied heavily on Akatar and made the crossover look bigger. And then our girl Emmy said, in my opinion, the interview with Catherine Weber after CC2 was the biggest culprit for why it was hyped so much for this crossover. So SJM said about CC3, Bryce gets to hang out with Reese and the gang. Finally getting to write about stuff I've been planting in all three series for years. 
SJM It's already starting. SJM confirmed that the red star Reese witnessed in Akasif is Aelin and stated that this will be fully explained in Crescent City 3. And then this was a big reason as to why some people believed the Throne of Glass characters would have would play a large role in Hofast, which neither one of us really believed. It, we thought it would be cool, but we weren't really on board with that. SJM said that it's lots of fun to write about a modern character, Bryce, exploring an older world, and that she has been pondering lots of questions about this. Example, do they have toilet paper? SJM then said that this question is answered in CC3. Is Bryce walking through the sewers or what the fuck? Yeah. She doesn't even go above ground. No. That, we don't ever Literally. stop. Literally. We don't ever stop for her to know if she took a shit or not. Hmm. <laughs> Anyways, SJM likened CC3 to the Avengers. The idea for CC3 hit me and I thought, can I actually do this? And I said, well, why not? It's like the first Avengers movie where everyone's amped to see Iron Man and Captain America and Thor. This CC3 feels like that to me. It's seeing all the good guys come together from their various worlds and experiences and how they get along or don't get along. SJM also said that Nyx definitely features in CC3. Say that again? SJM also said that Nyx, little baby Nyx, definitely features in CC3. That's literally, they say his name once. Yeah. And he's not there. That will get to see everyone being very protective of baby Nix since this stranger from another world just fell on their front lawn. I want the first fucking draft. Me too. I want you to call everyone and be like, you know what? Those books that you guys have, psych, here is the real book. Yes. I, I really think, like we have said, that she wrote this with TV in mind. George R.R. Martin didn't even write his with TV in mind. Of course, he hasn't given us the rest of the fucking series, but... Um, and then Emmy goes on to say, I'll also point out that it would have been very easy for SJM to remind people that this is a Crescent City book, not an Akatar book, especially if she was concerned about fan expectations, but she never did. Instead, a good chunk of this interview was spent solely on discussing the Akatar characters, and most of her CC3 marketing took the same approach. Or no, Lexus Main 444. Yes, I remember this. This was the first draft, wasn't it? This version was apparently way longer than Kingdom of Ash. As she said, it was bigger than any book she's ever written. And maybe that's why whenever we got the page number, we were like, did she say that this was like a thousand pages? Well, yeah, she scrapped that version. Mm. Um, Because in the latest interview in 2023, the September one, she mentioned that she had to rewrite the whole thing because she wasn't happy with its direction. No wonder expectations were high. It was originally promoted as that. And I guess we just never let that go. Like, I do remember us being like, wait, how many pages? I thought it was way more than that. I remember us having a full conversation where we went on multiple websites to see how many pages that fucking book was. Um, What was wrong with the past version that apparently featured the inner circle way more heavily? Was it continuity? Continuity issues? Whew. That would have come about with the new Akatar book? I guess we'll never know. I guess I didn't even put two and two together about whenever she said that she rewrote it. I guess that's why we were so set on this being just 200 pages more than any, you know, any of her other books. We weren't looking at it as a Chris or as an Akatar book. Mm-mm. But I can see why this marketing direction would have a lot of the fandom way more upset. 
I'm just upset because we're literally just blabbing plot points and reveals instead of letting them happen organically. I hate that so much. And then we just kill an Asteri in a cave underground with no climax whatsoever. There really wasn't. I expected there to be so much more, like somebody at least getting like pinned down and threatened to be offed, and there wasn't. I did see where someone the other day, they were talking about Therian and uh, what's her noodle? Sathia. Uh, Sathia. How they just like got married and... Uh, I don't think that it was like they didn't understand why she was forced to marry if she hadn't been forced to marry, blah, blah, blah. They missed the point that he wasn't just going to let her stay there, basically unmarried. Um, Morven. Mm -hmm. Because he was trying to find a way to get her the fuck out of a, out of a Valon. He was using her as a pawn. Because I was like, no, 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 you guys are... While I think it was shoddy, like written... And then I know anything with Therian with you. You're just like. Because... I'm just I'm fine with him and Ethan being side characters. But I just don't care enough about them to read an entire book about them or to read their own storylines. I just don't care. I guess it's probably I... shitty. I don't know. No. Hey, quick question. What the actual fuck? <laughs> the bit about Bryce finding red lacy thongs in Morvan's castle. That was really fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah, that they were just there. Why? Why did we need those? Just let her be. This person said, I enjoyed Hofas overall, but this was one thing that made me put the book down and say, what the fuck? <laughs> Which is incredible because I had just rolled my eyes over Hunt's massive schlong being unable to fit in any underwear available on the ship. I can't. <laughs> Waiting impatiently for SJM to explain herself. There's just some questions that are just never going to be answered. Say psych, Sarah. Say psych. Has Emmy said anything else outside of that? Well, that's what I was trying. She has to be devastated. Well, she's kind of like not really. She really hasn't said a whole lot on very much at all. That's what I'm saying. She's just as depressed as we are. <laughs> so, okay. So she commented two days ago on... oh. Okay, so this is, these little errors are actually a really big deal. She said that? No, so this is, oh. again, on the Crescent, she commented on this. So this is aggravating week 8850. It says, I have seen people on here criticize others for pointing out how SJM made a lot of mistakes and lacks of continuity in HOFAS. But there is a reason this matters. In HOFAS, there seems to be two kinds of errors. Ones that are blatantly obvious, like calling a character by a different name, LOL, or saying the harp instead of the horn. Others like the color of blood, Man. the Asteri... Yeah, I was about to ask you about that, but hold on. Others like the color of blood, the Asteri bleed, cannot be definitively deemed a mistake, and that's really fucking annoying. For the color of the blood, like the error was that... Hold on. Oh, that sentence for the color of the blood like if the error was that they called it red instead of black that firmly connects the asteri to the vog if it wasn't a mistake but intentional it hints that the asteri are something else or somehow they glamored their blood this example is one of many that led to it being more difficult to make connections to other worlds and follow the story people are not just bitching because they want more akatar characters it is because this ending this editing and rollout of the Massiverse was sloppy. 
Now, I am unsure about a lot of Easter eggs like the ring that Lydia has. I know some people say that that is described differently than the one Rowan has. But again, how are we to know when SJM makes an error? I don't remember the ring being an issue. She, I, I didn't go back and read descriptions of the rings from Throne of Glass, but I was curious about it because she makes it sound like the jewel on it, the ruby on it is enormous. And I was like, that doesn't seem the same. But I mean, I don't know. The same with her repeating names. Is it even significant that there are rune mountains in Throne of Glass or another Lord Thanatos in Akatar. I feel like that she did reference the Thanatos. And I don't think that they're supposed to be connected. Mm. I think that she did mention that one time. Um, is she just forgetting and reusing them? I understand there is a lot of lore at this point. But she has so many editors and is a huge deal right now. You would think her publishers would care to track these things. Which she said that she has someone that literally has a Bible. Of all of her things. Her editor, she says. Yeah. To be honest, Hofast has really dampened, I think it's supposed to say my reading experience. I feel more confused about the timelines, plots, and the overall purpose of the series and crossover than before. So then, oh, Nanche. We like, we like her. Did you notice my favorite, Duncan Gate? Where Durag and Seaman, is it Derog, Derog, and I listened to the fucking audio. The twins. Derig and Seamus? I don't fucking remember. Whatever the all. twins' names are. The murder twins? Yes. Our, I don't remember. Their, I don't remember. Yeah. Are Rune and Cormac's, quote, evil cousins in the Hosab bonus chapter? In Hofas, Derog, Derog, or D A R R A G H, is called Derog. Duncan instead 12 times. What? Not a one-off error, but a whole ass name change. Oh my God. What is this? Assistant to the villain? Jesus Christ. I'm looking. I'm trying to. I literally. The whole harp through. horn mistake was making me mad too. Where is it? Because I'm literally scrolling. Through I have, my I have no idea. I mean, the harp, of the harp. The harp sat in the cave. They talked about that. It's it. That's where it was. The grammatical errors, continuity errors, and plot threads just dropped hold, made this book the least enjoyable SJM book. Okay, so then someone says, oh, Aggravating Week 885 commented. Yes, like she needs to hire some people on here to edit because what are they doing at her publishing house? Theory. Duncan Gate is not a mistake. It is actually the evil alter ego of Derek that is actually somehow Reese's sister. You said theory, and my phone was like, oh, how can I help you? Um, and then this KGAL1298 says, at the same time, do we think her editors haven't seen the feedback? She names them people can contact them, and I'm sure some people have because fans are unhinged. <laughs> Whoa. They just won't make statements, but I know if they'll be able to avoid answering fan questions forever. I, but I don't know if they'll be able to avoid answering fan questions forever. And then Nanche says, LOL, she changed genders too. I do know their names are similar to Branig and Dagden from Hybern. Derig and Dagden are both derivatives of Dagda. And I feel Dagda is really important. How's the first one? How was it spelled the first time she sang? Um, also, S-E-A-M-U-S is Seamus, I'm pretty sure. Oh. 
D-A-R-R-A-G-H. It is not in the Kindle edition. Maybe they fixed it. I wouldn't even, I was like, I wouldn't even know how to even. What's your stamps problem? Yeah. So whatever, you know, which that is my more special version because you fought for it. There you go. Listen, there's one, two, three, four fucking copies in here. My Barnes and Noble are indie. Anyways, the Nanche says, but want to know my theory? Bryce jumps into a glass crystal coffin, a coffin that was previously holding an Asteri who has been dreaming for 15,000 years and dreamed about real things happening. Bryce in the, they have B-A-N bonus chapter says the glass coffin is her favorite ballad. That might be Barnes and Noble. Oh, I, I've never seen it as, I just always have seen it as B-N. Because mm-hmm. I was like, B-A, books a million. It could be either. I'm not sure. Yeah, because I'm like, wait. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Um, The Brothers Grimm have a tale called The Glass Coffin, also known as Snow White. Sleeping Beauty is a similar tale, and we've seen SJM's old deleted Pinterest, which there was a, I think I had an Elaine theory that had to do with Sleeping Beauty. I think after part one, Bryce might be dreaming slash hallucinating. It would be a ballsy move on SJM's part, but might explain weird things happening and all the inconsistencies. And then it says it's me being in denial that SJM produced such a flop. So she's saying that Bryce dreamed up the whole thing. That's her theory. I'm like, that's a very that would be the last episode of Lost. Yeah. Yeah. But- Emmy Ago responded. Okay, it says, yeah, there's really no excuse for it. Not when you're an author at this level of prestige and have every resource available to you. Hate to say it, but Hofast left me with the impression that SJM cares so much less about the Crescent City world than her other worlds. I mean, she even seems to use Hofast to set up future Akatar books more than she sets up House of Many Waters. And she's right. Oh, here's your... Avalon Island is described as a medieval playland. The Avalon Fae follow the old ways. No phones, no TV. They wear the same clothes as those in Prithian. But he, his laugh died in his throat as he beheld the cherry red thong. This is what they gave you on the depth charger? Not the depth charger, she grinned as she peeled off her leggings, exposing the tiny red lace thong. I grabbed these from Morvan's castle. The guest room had whole unopened packs of them. Thongs don't come in packs. Be for real, Sarah. Thongs don't come in packs. I do know that, what is it, Farah goes and tries on lacy negligees in yeah. Prithian. So I guess. Does she actually do that or does she like have no, a. No, they, they go to the store and he closes the whole store and they she tries stuff on. Did they do that or was that a vision? No, I thought that they actually went and did that. I think they're fucking with each other mentally when they do that. Does I could be wrong. Feyre really go try. <laughs> I could be wrong. Lace and maybe I feel like there is at least one instance where underwear she's like giving him those visions and it's not real. Okay. Valaris lingerie shop. The lingerie shop is located in Valaris in the night court. Okay. Let's see. Oh, it is a vision. Oh, after Rhysand receives three blood rubies from Tarkin, 
the High Lord of the Summer Court, one for himself, one for Feyre, another one for Amorin for having stolen blah, 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 blah. We know about the blah, 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 blah. Feyre tries to distract him by telling him that she is thinking of going to the lingerie shop that she has seen on the banks of the Sidra River to buy lace underwear and that perhaps she will send one to Tarquin so that he will forget the misunderstanding, something discouraged by Reese. He then sends her through the bond that they share a vision of the two of them looking at a lingerie at lingerie in the shop and then having the owners close the shop early so that he can hang out with Farah there. Akatar Wiki. He wants to fuck the shit out of her. Like, oh yeah. You said, well, yeah. To be honest, if I had read that whole book in the translation from Portuguese, I would have been like, this is fucking fake. There was so many things that, well, you're like, uh, I read some of this and this does, this doesn't sound right. I was like, this isn't, there's no way this there's is the no real way. book. There's no way. And then we got the real book and then you were like, oh. <laughs> I was such denial. Oh. oh. Um, I think what I was most upset about, number one, we made a whole goddamn show for this. Uh, and there were so many opportunities based on the shit that we found in mythology that would have fucking killed it. I mean, now we have plots for our future books. So. I know, but we did do a lot of research for that. So <laughs> They're practically written. I mean, man, we could definitely just write a Greek mythology book at this point. And... I have multiple books on Norse mythology, by the way, that I forgot that I had. Oh, yeah, you sent me that. Very cool. Yeah, you just didn't respond, so I thought I would. You are you are attacking me. I am a victim. I'm a You're victim not. of you. I'm a victim of Sarah. Wait, what is that? I'm a victim of Sarah. <laughs> she has been the Regina George of us. That, I mean, if you have been, ever been victimized by Sarah J. Mass, please raise your hand. Listeners, we both raise our hands. And that's why I can't stop eating these candies that I will not be named because they don't sponsor us. So moving on to Hang thoughts on. and theories. I'm actually to the part about the murder twins. Hang on. Oh. I'm trying to find the first mention. Right, well, I'm just going to keep eating my feelings and high chews. Okay. Also, I have a question. What? Whenever someone new is speaking in dialogue, should it not be a whole new paragraph? I've been so confused about that. I always, I thought it just like always had to be. Are there instances where it doesn't? Are there, they, she does that? Yeah. But I'm like, is this grammatically correct? This says, note how she didn't answer that. Hunt said darkly to Baxian who chuckled and said Danica was the same. So like Hunt and Baxian, but it's all one sentence. Can you do that? Maybe. Slap a comma in there. Do we have to start a new paragraph for dialogue? Even with, even with dialogue that is clearly attributed, start a new paragraph with each new speaker. That's what I thought. The reader shouldn't have to wait until after the dialogue is spoken to understand who is saying it. Readers form ideas and draw conclusions as they read. But I just didn't know. Is that a Yeah, fun each thing time to you do? introduce a new speaker into dialogue, place their quote on a separate line. This rule applies to any situation where a different person speaks. Except Sarah. Not She's just when exempt. a new person enters a conversation. That's not the only time. Because I've seen it multiple times and I'm like, that's so weird. I didn't think you could do that. But then I didn't know if it was just something I had in my head and it wasn't actually set like a set rule. I don't know. I mean, it seems to be the pretty consistent Standard. rule. Yeah. And I thought that that's how we were like taught and society also teaches us. 
Because then it's just easy to follow. People can do it. I don't know. Oh my gosh. Someone put Also, the thing about the fucking mists, it's literally never addressed if the Asteri can pierce it or not. Yep. I know. We talk about it a million times, but then it's like, I know. The world will never know. Yep. It is how many licks we does killed it take? them in 35 seconds. <sighs> Easiest fucking kills of our lives. You know, we could have at least like spread it out. At least in Throne of Glass, trying to murder Erewhon, that took a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bryce and Hunt are like a gym couple. They'd be better off just selling protein powder, to be honest. <laughs> I mean... So says they have more power than anyone with no good reason. Right? I mean, it... And it's like, their story's done. Also, we had this whole thing about Pegasi, and we never actually got to see one in this fucking book. It was just Baxi and Calling that they all were, like, raised from the dead, basically. So, I mean, just another so grievance. Another grievance that I have. So unsatisfying. Oh, gosh, this person. J.O.V. Pizza says, I've gone through endless subreddits about how much everyone hates Therian <laughs> and his incompetency in making good decisions. But does no one empathize with the poor guy? Because I really do. <laughs> Some poor dude has spent the last decade or so at the whim of one of the most powerful beings in the world, all because he some, made some dumbass decisions when he was young and horny. A mistake I'm sure most of us has made at least but he once. he clearly didn't learn from them. No, he just, the, and that, I think that's everyone's problem. Is that it's not, there's no, there's no uh, development. development. Yeah, there's, there's no like growth. that to be satisfying or for you to empathize with it, they need to actually learn something from it and not keep doing really stupid fucking Right. Shit. He is, um, oh, who's the kid on Saved by the Bell? The really dumb kid. I don't know. He starts with an S. Screech? Yeah. He's Screech. Did you know that guy? Did yeah. Did that guy die? Uh, well, I don't know if he died, but I know he was... Fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> you said it. He wrote an unauthorized, like, behind the scenes of the show, and the cast came out, and they were like, half of what he wrote is a lie. He sold dildos that were copied off of his own penis. You could... You could fuck yourself a screech's dick. <laughs> oh my god! Did he die though? Because now I feel weird admitting this. <laughs> I feel like I feel like he died. It's one of those really. Like- yeah, he died in two thousand twenty-one. Sorry, Dustin Neil Diamond. What happened? His to name him? was Dustin Neil Diamond. Yeah. I gotta quit. <laughs> we have got to stop making fun of this man. How did he die? How did he die? Asphyxiation on Stop. a dildo? Stop. What if it was suicide or something? Oh. Shut up. Oh, no. He had small cell carcinoma of the lungs. Oh. <laughs> You're like. Now I don't feel so bad. You're like, not suicide. Cut that out. Just in case. <laughs> His people come for us. They find. Maybe they're the ones leaving one star reviews on he our had a, He had a professional wrestling career. He had a sex tape. I knew he had a sex he tape. He directed and released his own celebrity sex tape. Screeched. <laughs> No, gross. That is a ho- not gross to the porn industries or sex tape. Screeched. Come on. Ugh. He says he wasn't actually even in it. It was a stunt double. Uh, oh, probably because they had a bigger dick. 
How, what, about the, what about these dildos are like? Is I don't this know. Like Did purple... I make that up? Because is I'm not like... seeing anything about that on a Wikipedia. <laughs> Can they put it... that in Wikipedia? Entertainment Weekly. Dustin Diamond tells his side of the story in stabbing arrest. What? What? In stabbing arrest? What does that even mean? I don't know. Did he stab someone? Uh, maybe he got stabbed. In the dick. No, I'm just... <laughs> I, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. And maybe then he had to use one of his dildos as a penis. <laughs> Attach this one. <laughs> he was arrested in Wisconsin for possession of a switchblade knife, which he was alleged to have pulled during a bar altercation in which a man was stabbed. Oh, so he stabbed a man. Stab him supposedly. in the neck with a knife. Like on Stab Brothers? I don't know. Okay, we got to move on from Screech. We gotta move on. Um, Yaz the Bookish, Akatar Five Thoughts and Theories. Wanna dive into this carousel? These theories focus on Nesta, Asriel, and the Valkyries, and I will be highlighting evidence from the text and my own speculation on how the book can play out. So she has the plot threads, Asriel, Truth Teller, and Alias, the Daglin. Both of them, the Valkyries, Ilaria, Romiel, the Prison, the Crossover, Guidian, Nesta, the Dread Trove, eight-pointed star, the mother. Definitely going to get eight-pointed star shit because she was like, well, you had a tattoo in the eight-pointed star? Oh, man, you should probably get that looked at. Like, that's basically how that all played out in Hofaz. <laughs> Anyways, Nesta and Azrael were the prominent characters in House of Flame and Shadow. I mean, took center stage. And I believe that the crossover and the knowledge they n- now have will have Im- implications on the next Akatar book. Other Akatar plots. Coach J. Autumn Court, Human Queens, The Continent, Spring Court, Mortal Lands. Based on Akasif, the Autumn Court will clearly be important, and I think the I think Koshe is a puzzle that these characters will figure out more about him thanks to the crossover. This is just a speculation since the author could merge and introduce new plot lines or resolve them with dialogue. Straight dialogue. Mm-hmm. I mean, might as well have just wrote a play at that point. Implications of the crossover. God. Yes, you've got to pick bigger font. Good lord. So we learned that the prison was Thea's domain, and within the island's very heart was Dusk Twilight. When the Fae became as powerful as they once were, after the Daglin, so did the lands. Thea's power manifested into what the island's power was, as she was tied to it, took care of it, and nurtured it. Pegasus also dwelled on the land. Selene, Thea's second daughter, is Rhysand's ancestor. That also makes Reese the descendant of High King. Oh, descendant of High King Fion and Queen Thea. His blood is keyed to the prison. The Daglin created the Dread Trove using the cauldron. The Daglin created the Illyrians, and they were made of night and pain. Guidian belonged to High King Fion, and Truth Teller belonged to Anelius. Guidian and Truth Teller react to one another and want to be near each other when carrying both Azrael has a strange reaction to them because when especially when Bryce gets close there are ley lines across different planets and where there are certain places in each planet where the ley lines overlap and those places are called thin places where the barrier between worlds is the thinnest mists are the indication of a thin place and the prison is confirmed to be one Vesperus confirms the Daglin hid pockets of their power, core of first light, throughout the lands and implies that there are they're under every sacred mountain. Did you see Emmy's 
meme where it says Morven's secret on a yes. Victoria's Secret Yes, side. yes, <laughs> So who does this potentially impact? Resan because of his ancestors and connection to the prison. Nesta, because she wields the Dread Trove, her and Cassian had the eight-pointed star tattoo, and Gwydion is now with her. Azriel, because he owns Truth Teller, which belongs to Anelius, and he learns that his people were made by the Daglin and his bloodline is questioned. Who is the next protagonist? He showed up 40% of Akasif. SJM said twice it would be obvious in Akasif. He got his own bonus chapter, his POV, the first Akatar character to appear at the end of Hosab. He is one of main Akatar duo in the crossover slash Hofas. He shows up in two Hofas bonus chapters, one of which focuses a bit on his personal life. So it's obvious to me it's Asriel. If we go by the text, here's some key information we have about Asriel. It was healthy, perhaps, for Az to sometimes remember where he'd come from. He still wore the Illyrian Illyrian leathers. I wanted to say weathers. That's... Had not tried to get the tattoos removed. Some part of him was Illyrian still. Always would be, even if he wished to forget it. And that was in... um, Frost and Starlight. But they both knew Azrael would soon disband and destroy Illyria, then help it. Convincing their brother that the Illyrians were a people worth saving was still a battle amongst the three of them. And then that was an Akasif. Azrael can winnow all the time, though, as is different in a lot of ways. Akasif. He wondered if Azrael's mother had ever considered coming here or if he'd ever pushed her to in Akasif. You dare draw a weapon before me against those who crafted you, soldier, from night and pain. You are no creator of mine, Azriel said coldly in Hofas. Or was it that traitor Anelius? I see that you bear his dagger as his emissary or his assassin. The words must have meant something to Azriel. The, war- the warrior let out a small noise of shock, and that was in Hofas. The male now held the star sword at the ready. Truth teller gripped in one in his other hand. He must have had some sort of starborn blood in him then, a distant ancestor maybe. Or maybe his possession of the knife somehow allowed him to also bear the star sword. And that was in Hofast. Um, Yaz goes on to say, I think the eight-pointed star is not just a Starborn's insignia. It's a world walker symbol, like a compass. I wish for us to have the courage to go out in the world when we are ready, but to always be able to find our way back to each other no matter what. And that was in Akasif. The compass symbolizes guidance and finding our way in life. So I wonder if it will also be connected to this. It's just a theory for now, as I'm still trying to figure out why this particular star was the bargain tattoo for Nesta and Cassian. Maybe it's a symbol of fate, or maybe it's because Nesta and Cassian formed the Valkyries, and they will be guardians of the prison of the thin places across Prithian. The eight-pointed star carving is where Nesta found the harp, and it's also an Illyrian battle technique Cassian teaches the Valkyries. Yaz says her friend at Book of Mirth on Tumblr has a fantastic theory on the prison and the Valkyries, where she goes into more detail about this. The, the cousin's name is different in CC2, not CC3. She says he's Derek in CC2 and Duncan in CC3. It definitely does say Duncan in CC3. Let me check CC2. I was looking in CC3 for both right. names. Sorry. No, that's... Listen, that is a mystery that you're. It's we're going to solve it. I'm going to solve it. All right, so the Valkyries in Fate. There are a few moments in Akasif when it's described that the world paused or fate stood which I think markers of great change to come. She mentions a lot of text from Akasif. Um, And Nesta's new tattoo with the bargain is a wave crashing upon shore. 
It seems like a nod to I am the rock against which the surf crashes, which is a Valkyrie phrase. By the end of Akasif, we know Cassian and Azrael will continue training the Valkyries until they truly are. So I think the Valkyries will continue their journey beyond the training ring. And again, this is what the ending of the book tells us. So they would keep training until they were all well and truly Valkyries. And we know in mythology, Valkyries rode in the sky. So we're yet to see the Valkyries will ride the Pegasi they seem to be fond of. Because the Pegasi homeland was the prison, which we learned from Hofaz. And then we move on to the Illyrians and Ramiel. Akasif and Hofaz fleshed out the Illyrians' history and their sacred mountain Ramiel. I know Illyria and Ramiel were plots that would could possibly deal with in the future, and seeing that now they're tied to the crossover made me think maybe that's the reason why SGM did not deal with it in Nesta and Cassian's book. It's far more compelling story to have Asriel deal with his people. And then they go and talk a lot about the Illyrians. We have three important points here. The blood rite exists for a reason, maybe beyond honoring an alias. There is a spell set in place. All the Illyrians have magic on only one night. So is something containing and limiting their access to magic. Like a parasite? I added that. Sorry. Um, who would benefit from the Illyrians killing each other? Are their death's souls feeding a core of first light under it? Is it sustaining something under Ramiel? Koshte and Briallen. Intentionally chose to violate the Illyrian sacred rite, and I think Koshte knows something that no one else does yet about Illyria and Ramiel. Even Nesta wonders why Briallen targeted the Illyrians. Ramiel is the only sacred mountain that is not explored yet. It's also the Illyrian sacred mountain, and who is better to lead it than Asriel? It's where Anelius died and probably where Gwydion and True Teller were forged. True Teller has magical properties, so I wonder bringing it underneath Ramiel could unlock something. There was a depiction of Ramiel under where underneath... Oh, hold on. There was a depiction of Ramiel where underneath it where it looked like a hellscape or underworld, Bryce sees humanoid figures wreathed in pain in what looked like icicles and snappy, scaly beasts. Vesperus said they crafted the Illyrians from night in pain. So is that where they were created? In Akasif, when Nesta was standing at the Pass of Analias, she felt like she collided into someone. She felt warmth and breath. I thought maybe Fion under Ramiel, but what if it was Analias? What if Analias became the soul of Illyria, since the land seemed to have a heart or sentience. Um, and then it says there are so many possibilities. And then what could happen? Um, so then we have the conversation between Nesta and Bryce about her eight-pointed star tattoo. I personally think we will be dealing with the Valkyrie's Illyrian's focus book, given that Nesta, a Valkyrie, and Asriel, an Illyrian, were prominent in the crossover. So was the previous protagonist, and he seems to be the next protagonist. I also do think it will focus on Azrael's journey as we learn more about his heritage in Illyrian or more, his mother, his connection to True Teller and Analias and more. I obviously am rooting for him to be with Gwen since each book is focused on a different couple and Nesta will definitely play a big part, which means the Valkyries will too. I'm just going to sidebar off of that because if we do see that as, and we've kind of talked about saving Elaine for last with her seer powers and destroying Koshay. Because there's no way in this next book that we're going to destroy Koshay. It took us three to destroy the King of Highburn. Mm -hmm. And SJM did say that it will pretty much end any and all shipping wars. 
this next book. Mm-hmm. So I am a Gwen Real shipper. Okay, she puts, I'm obviously rooting for him to be with Gwen since this book is focused on a different couple and Nesta will definitely play a big part, which means the Valkyries will too. So an Illyrian whose journey is complemented by a Valkyrie, Gwen, would make sense to me. Gwen's backstory and journey was established in Akasif. I think their journeys will complement each other. Sarah does have the ability to merge in new characters with the main storyline and give them the chance to play a big role, i.e. Irene Towers and Lydia Servos. Even if the main storyline follows a male carrier, male character, Jesus, the females will always shine whether they're old or new. Gwen is very close to Nesta, so we could see how things play out with Nesta from her perspective. We also don't know who Gwen's father is, so it might be a big surprise. I will say getting another Nesta POV is a possibility if we get a novella, but it's obvious since Akasif and Hofas that her journey is not exactly over. She'll be a prominent character in the crossover books. Last slide. Something to keep in mind. When Thea left to Midgard, she only took the horn and the harp with her, so that means the mask and the crown stayed in Prithian. But with who? My guess is the mask somehow ended up with the day court since Helion reacts to it and suspects an ancestor wore it and its cost is imprinted upon their bloodline. This also includes Lucian. Uh, my friend Elaine's on Tumblr thought about how the mask returned to the same place where the High King Fion died. Bryce thinks now that she has restored a Valon and brought it to life, she thinks that might have had the same impact on the prison in Prithian. So the prison might once again become alive and the land thrives again. Book of Myth theorized that the Valkyries might relocate to the prison as a neutral territory as the old Valkyries were not specific to one court. Or they could probably go to that weird land between where the mountain is. The middle. The middle. Um, the Bog of Urid was a place where the Daglin scattered their monsters, but it seems to be a place that thrived and bloomed from bloomed with life for a while after the Daglin's fall. Fion's death resulted in it becoming such a dark place as if the land mourned the death of its king. There is also heavy mist around it, which makes me think it's a thin place. I do wonder if the middle will be restored and become a new territory slash court. There will definitely be more of the autumn court, and it seems like Baron might seek out an alliance with Koshe. So one thing will overlap with another. Koshe is also from another world, and I do think Sarah intends to expand the concept of crossovers more. Not sure if it means another one will happen soon, but we will eventually get answers of which world Koshe hails from and how he and how how will he be dealt with. Though obviously the big bad won't be taken down until the final book. I'm also entertaining the thought of Avatar 5 leading up to another crossover with the next book, which I suspect to be Throne of Glass, but we'll see. Yet my parents did not think to learn the Daglins' other secrets. They were too weary, too eager to leave the past behind. We, we might find out more secrets about the Daglin than what we already know based on what Selene says. Gwydion is now in Prithian with Nesta, so who will be its next owner. Nesta already has Ataraxia. How will Asriel deal with its deal with it since Truthteller and Guidian want to always be near to each other? There's also another important missing sword, Narbin. Obviously, all of this is speculation based on the information that we currently have on the books, but I'm very excited for what's coming up next. Okay, so the Derek name uh-huh. is in a rune bonus chapter from a BAM exclusive of Sky and Breath. It's there. I saw it. And supposedly, uh, Declan also fucked Seamus for a while. In that bonus chapter. We're like, what? It mentions that they hooked up for a while. I'm sorry, but I, also that whole bonus chapter is like interactions with Sathia. I'm just like, 
the bonus chapter thing, I didn't care because I'm like, oh, you can read them online, whatever. But like, if you're going to have, <laughs> I don't know, fluffy bonus chapters like the Bryce Nesta Azrael one, cool. Yeah. But other stuff that's like actual <laughs> changes that, the plot. Yeah. Or like sets up a next book shouldn't be a fucking bonus chapter. It should yeah. be in every book. Right. We were rooting for you. We were all rooting. <laughs> God, we were rooting so hard. I mean, I am excited about Axtar 5. Because, I mean, like they said, blatantly she decided. I mean, Akatar is her babies. I don't know. I look at those books and then I look at Throne of Glass. Just to talk about two very, like, differentiating series. And she carried through Throne of Glass. She... She carried it through how it needed to be. It didn't matter, you know. So I'm like, why would we not treat? I also haven't read all the bonus chapters. Apparently in the Ember one, she calls the Illyrian wings dragon wings. So Yes, she does. That up. Yeah. I haven't read it. Um, who is it on Instagram that she has them literally as all of her story highlights? Um, it's something hurricane. I tagged her in something. But I don't know. what I The words that are going to come out of my mouth are going to make you really mad. But I just made a connection. What? So everyone, I have not yet to read this book. I spray the edges for it. That Iron Flame reads as though it was also rewritten for TV. And should have been like allegedly was supposed to be two separate books. That's why I, I guess the font is really small in it. Okay. Um, and that I kind of feel like that House of Flame and Shadow also like parallels with that. Because people were saying that it was just like really shoddy, that the characters didn't even feel like the same. And I'm like, that's very parallel to... House of Flame and Shadow. Bryce was not the same person. Mm-mm. I mean, not the same person at all. I mean, I understand, like, the trauma and stuff. But I'm like, even once she got Hunt back, I'm like, Rowan had to take off a face mask off of Aelin. And she, you know, and he wasn't like, get over it. Yeah. You know, she was trapped for months in a box. Does Hunt wear the mask? Yeah. Well, he tries. But it falls off of him. It doesn't. I don't even fucking remember that. Yeah. He tries to do that to bring her back. Before he gets in the mech suit? Yeah. With Shahar's wings? Yeah. Why we gotta bring her back? She fucking sucked. So I saw where somebody, this girl was talking about the new, like, Gothicana, how they... So it was printed through Tor, and then, like, their romance or whatever umbrella is bramble and they were literally showing how the entire cover of gothicana is ai art is it really and because there's like the telltale signs of like it basically ai not understanding you know like depth i mean we can't blame rue nix for that like a lot of that they're just like here you go this is what it's gonna look like you know whenever you hand stuff over to traditional but i don't know i'm just really i'm upset about that also i was like damn who be over here like magnify glass in this yeah i was gonna see if i could 
okay, so for Bride, I'm like, ah, oh, this is basically a rom-com with werewolf and vampire characters. Yeah. But she's not really, a, she's supposedly a vampire, but she has pointy ears and purple blood. So she's fae. Purple blood? Yeah, and the werewolves have green blood. I don't know. Whatever the point of what that color, is. What color? Do those colors mix together to make something? I'm no. just trying to think. No, but the last bloody battle they had was called the aster because the color looks like an aster flower of their blood smattered. Those are yellow and purple. So what is she talking about? I mean, they have green leaves. Yeah. So anyways, I don't know. Like, I'm to the point where I'm like, eh, it's not bad. Like, it's not it's not a five-star book for me. I've never been, I've never read any of her books, like, to completion. I've started yeah. a couple of them multiple times, and I'm like, I can't uh, do this. said to completion. To completion. <laughs> but, like, the end, like, I'm almost done with it. Yeah. And there's, like, yeah. Um. Well, I have, getting the Alcrate version, but I don't have it yet. I got the version, the paperback from Barnes. I was going to order it, and then I never did. I was in the store the other day, so I just grabbed it. Mm. There was um, a table of them, and I was like, well, I'm in here. I'll just I'll just get me one. I mean, because I don't hate that. Like, I like that cover, and it's mm-hmm. the book looks cute. She does. Allie Hazelwood always does have some really cute cover art. So, I mean, but whoever, anyways, this last, this last sex scene is, like, kind of cheesy, and I'm like, oh, fuck. I was like, I don't know. It's fine. Listen, speaking of sex scenes, um, I just finished listening to serpent in the wings of night mm-hmm. bro that night before that they all go into their battle or whatever okay see i read that and like, did you read it or did you both oh that scene listening i, was I don't like, even remember it i was like oh clearly wasn't that impactful on me well i was in the car sometimes sometimes those audio sex scenes in the car they hit different Maybe. When you're driving down the interstate. I liked the cover of Bride, too. I thought it was cute. And I saw someone on Goodreads being like, what in the what pad cover is this? And I was like, oh, joke's on me because I liked it. I think it's cute. Most of her, I think she uses the same artist. Oh, really? Mo- well, if not, very like someone with very similar styles. So, yeah, she's or he's like describing, telling her what a knot is, basically. And then I was like, wait, does Jacob have a knot? And then I was like. Oh, you oh didn't tell god. the listeners your connection. And I was like, oh my god, this is Jacob Renesme fanfic. I mean, it's not actually like derivative of that, just the fact that it's You're a Twilight girly, alpha so... man and a vampire girl who's mm-hmm. like the daughter of an important vampire person. I don't know. No, everything you're saying. She did kill her mother in childbirth. It's basically the same fucking book. Now that I'm saying it out loud, <laughs> it's not really the same, but the connections are very... Odd. You know what? Yes, there is. She has a twin, though. Renesmee doesn't have a twin that we know. No, she, well, she may have ate that twin in the womb. Who knows? I'm just, just to go back, I'm just really upset that Brunix got fucked over because of the whole AI art thing. And there are very blatant, like. Oh, somebody actually comments that. Oh my God, a Jacob Renesmee fanfic. Oh, there you go. Like I said, two months ago. So she I'm came not original. From the Raylo fanfic. Because um, they say that um, Adam in, is it Love Theoretically? The character Adam, Adam Driver. Is Adam Driver. 
And if you look at the cover art of, I think it's Love Theoretically, literally, it is a cartoon version of Adam Driver. No, not Love Theoretically. Uh, let's see. I feel like in describing this book, it has things that I like. Did you know that Allie Hazelwood is actually a neuroscientist? Yeah, and that's a pen name. She's an Italian novelist and neuroscientist. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, oh, the love hypothesis. Oh, people are like, what is the age gap in the love hypothesis? Olive is 26 and Adam is 34. Oh. Okay. Oh. What? Oh, I'm I'm trying to turn this around to show it to you, and I'm just I'm just hung up on everything. My trash. See, look. If that's not Adam Driver. Michaela thought my post about the Jacob Red has made fanfic was funny. She says, oh my God, I'm cracking up. It's sitting on my shelf now. Perhaps I'll pick it up after my current read. Also, major fangular. Also, major fangirling <laughs> that you responded. I'm obsessed with this podcast, so thank you for making it. I'm obsessed that you listen. And we are really big fucking dorks, so please don't fangirl. It's not that deep. We're so lame. We're the lamest. We're the actual lamest. Although, that does make me And feel we love you so much, Michaela. Thank you. Thank you. Also, the main character's name is Misery. That's kind of pissing me off. Misery. It's not a joke. I, I know it's not. I I didn't know if there was going to be. It's very Stephen King-esque. I mean, at least that would make fucking sense. If uh, she trapped him in a cabin up in the middle of nowhere and kept him drugged and broke his legs. And yeah. You know, isn't that just dark romance? I don't know. Like every, on pay, on the page, everything about it sounds like it would be something right up my alley. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't quite feel. I don't know how to say it. Like well, because it is or legitimate. It just feels like those things were like put on. So sense? it's a contemporary romance. It definitely reads like a rom com with paranormal characters, but they don't really even feel like they are. I don't know. Does no one die by? By blade, then it would get ripped I don't think apart. So. No. Well, great, <laughs> excellent. Over here on Great's website because I lo love them and they're slept on. Um. Okay, so Al Crate this month. So okay, so this is February, and. So, okay, okay, so Fairy Loots this month is uh, Fate Inked in Blood and Al Crates is Bride, right? This is February. Because uh, Fate Inked in Blood comes out at the end of this month. Yes. And Bride is already released. Yes. Okay. Bookish Box, which you already canceled, mm -hmm. but I didn't cancel this one. So it is Assistant to the Villain. Yeah, I wouldn't want that anyways. Yeah, I, well, I was just <laughs> trying to... Uh, the March for Fairy Loot, um, Autumn has said, is a feather so black. Um, I will say that the April Fairy Loot hint sounds pretty fun. It's Evocation by S.T. Gibson. So that one does sound pretty fun, which I definitely thought that it was going to be to gaze upon wicked gods. I actually had that. Yeah, and I also just don't know how I feel about the, the warm hands of ghosts. 
Yeah, I skipped that one. For Alcrate. What do you think the romanticy is going to be for Fairy Loot? Um, so people have think that it's Lore of the Wild, which is a book that I've been anticipating. Where did that go? Also, can we talk about how Autumn has... I was told by one of my sources that Alcrate will be doing an edition of that evocation... It will be included in the monthly box. So d she has to be friends with somebody at Alcrate. So am I insane? Does that not cover not look a lot like Darker Shades and Magic? Oh, the evocation? Yeah. No, it does look a lot. Because that was the first thing I thought. I'm like, that's weird that both of those look like identical. Yeah, she has the guess of Lore of the Wilds. I guess that's not identical. It's just an upside down person. But, but it's the red hand that or arm that's coming out. The Summoner's Circle. Ooh. You know, I haven't read any of B.E. Schwab's other books outside of Addie LaRue, and I loved that book. Oh, Addie LaRue? Yeah, I haven't read Darker Shade of Magic. I have box set in my wish list, I think. Where did it go? I have Galant, but I haven't read it yet. I want... Uh... I just thought Addie LaRue. I loved the story, and I thought the writing was just like, stunning. I did see, though, where... So back to Lore of the Wilds for the Romanticy. I did see where Autumn put her guess on there. People lost their goddamn minds. They were like, I never got my email. I haven't got, no one has, I haven't seen where anyone, and she's literally like, guys, calm down. They have not started sending out sub emails. Calm down. I saw they posted like a sneak peek earlier today, and then I clicked on it, and the link was dead. I was like, what the heck? And I looked at their stories, and they were like, it was brought to our attention that some of the art used in the original video was AI art, and we don't support that, so we're going to redo it. We'll post it again in a little bit. I was like, oh, good for you. I wonder if they reposted it. Well, they said they, like, bought – they used photos from a stock site, and they're like, we didn't realize that Oh, some of them were AI, so. Well, that's upsetting. Hey, do you want to educate us on the current book community drama about taboo authors? <sighs> I knew you would know. Well, first off, <laughs> God, for, first off, let's back up. So there's this whole thing, and it makes me so angry. Um, calling a book clean, which implies that our beloved smut is disgustingly dirty, which is also such bullshit. It makes me so mad because I'm like, just because there's a sex scene, um, we're not yucking on somebody else's yum. We're not going to kink shame. So then that rolls into these taboo authors. Listen. So we are both, we are both Christian women. Okay. I think that we have shown that in some of our Bible studies <laughs> that we have done where we're like, let's educate all of our friends on the Bible with mythology. Um, I guess that there is like this specific, I guess they literally call themselves like Christian book talk or whatever. I don't know. Ew. Yeah. If, I don't want to be there. Yeah. No. Count me out. No. Uh, no. If, and when I say if you're going to end up on the wrong side of book talk, like that's why I'm scared of TikTok. Uh, there, that is probably it's the worst side. what you interact with. I never see that shit. I don't know. I'm just scared. I'm scared I'm going to accidentally interact with someone like that Tamlin stand girl. The filters. Never mind. I'm not going to go into this. Okay. Anyways. So yeah. So there's like a whole corner that is Christian book talk that 
is basically slut shaming the book community and coming after authors and they are going and reporting some of these books and they are being removed from Amazon because of the content. Even though there are trigger warnings for all of these books that they are like trying to forcefully be removed. Um, listen, we have all read some very, very, very kinky things on Kindle Unlimited. Okay. And I that, love it. And I love it. No, I'm, uh, we are clearly stands for that. But it's the fact of just leave it alone. Just leave it the fuck alone. So like taboo authors, I mean, you know, obviously like those extreme age gaps, like your best friend's dad, step brothers. I, I don't know. If you think of it, there's a book about it. Someone has written something. And so those are the books doors, that... Doors. Balloon animals. Hellos. I forgot about balloon animals. <laughs> yeah. At first I was like, what? Squeak. Yep. I forgot. <laughs> I think I tried to forget. And you know what? That point. Here's a point. I... I knew the title, so I can't say shit. No, you can't say shit. Yeah. Um, I just chose to ignore that balloon animal taboo. That avenue, if you will. Taboo Avenue. And look, I, I'm i going to be able to sleep tonight knowing that <laughs> the book is called Squeak. Yeah, you knew it. But guess what? I'm not going to go on there just because I'm like, that kind of freaks me out a little bit. No, I'm going to let anyone and everyone that wants to fucking read it. It's basically the same people that are like trying to ban books out of libraries. It's, I mean, to me, that's the same group of people that are like, that book is bad. It has LGBTQ, which, of course, as they would, you know, that group of people would say, it has the gays in it, which, like, she stays and gays is fine. But if whenever you're just like, it has, and I'm going to say it, it has the gays in it. Like, we know so many of those people, even here where we live. I, so this thread that I just came across is, like, very relevant says, what are little clues that a person may not share your progressive beliefs? You can't judge a person by, you can't judge a person's beliefs by these things. I know. But what makes you proceed with caution with a stranger? A few for me. Camouflage, <laughs> mama bear shirt, or any mom related shirts. <laughs> flashing wealth, a fancy car, designer labels, etc. American flags, white people with dreadlocks. <laughs> also, Christians. <laughs> like, I'm a, I'm a believer. <laughs> But as soon as someone's like, oh, I'm a Christian, I'm like, oh, no, right. we're not going to get along. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so I work in the nonprofit world. And if anyone who's ever worked in the nonprofit world knows, there is a lot of she stays and gays in the nonprofit world. So I, I have definitely become much more cultured, especially whenever I worked at the youth home and also alongside people of color. Like one of the highest compliments that I ever received from somebody was that they knew that I was a Christian person, but that they also could feel my vibe that I was going to respect the things that they said and that they did not ever feel uncomfortable talking about different like views in front of me even though knowing that I 
went to church. I'm the worship leader. Good for you. Christian. And you know what? It was one of those that I was just like, wow, it's so what's crazy is, is that I can still be a Christian in the what would what would Jesus do form? Because, you know, he loved all people and washed the feet of prostitutes and was a carpenter and also was not a glaringly white man. Anyways, if Jesus showed up here in the flesh, y'all would crucify him again. Again. <laughs> all of, listen, I'm, you'd all be like, that's not him. That, no, that draw, that, that, uh, drawing that's in our church right above the bathtub that we all, <laughs> that we all get the bab baptism bathtub. That doesn't look like him. Also, I don't know if his nose is big enough. Because listen, some of those renderings of Jesus Howard Christ, how big do they have to make his nose? Please. What's really funny, just speaking of being a Christian woman. and So Kevin T. Norman had me fucking rolling. So it's along with some of the taboo authors or whatever. So he posted this hilarious reel of... I have to show it to you. Okay. Let's talk Christian fiction. Okay, this is my ultimate favorite Christian fiction that you should read. And it is The Priest, Sinner, and Saint by Sierra yeah. Simone. I mean, it. I don't know. It's just that group of people and where we're at on threads. People are like, leave everybody the fuck alone. It's the exact same of it's the same people that are in their flashy cars, you know, Wearing their mama bear shirts with their mom life, hashtag mom life bun on top of their head. Are you seeing that? Where it literally is like a, me a messy bun mm -hmm. with sunglasses. What is that? I don't know. Is that a club? You're not part of that club. No, you're definitely not part of that club. And I'm happy for that. But I just, and that just takes us back to the whole clean, dirty thing. That just, that itself just sets me the fuck off. What people be reading between the pages and the sheets should not be any of your business. If you pick it up and you don't like the synopsis, you know what you can do with it? Sit it back down and move on. Is it hard? I just, that's what I guess I just don't understand is why is that hard? It's not, it's not hurting anybody. Yeah. As a matter of fact, some of that brings me great joy. I call it a palate cleanser on my Goodreads and it freaks my boss out. Okay. Everyone at work thinks it's hysterical that I wrote Ice Planet Barbarians as a palate cleanser for me. That was my review. Mm -hmm. And so they told my boss because they were giving me a hard time. She came in while we were talking about it and she's like, she's like, well, what is this book about? And literally... One of my coworkers was like, Cinda, it's smut. It is straight up smut. And Kelly's over here like, it's a palate cleanser. And Cinda's, ew, now I hate that term. I said, it's like the lemon sorbet of, there you go. of the book world. She's like, it is not. And she, it's then today she told me that she found a coffee mug that said that she was like, I almost got this for you. It says, roses are red. The pages are worn. This book that I'm reading is nothing but porn. <laughs> so she's fully embracing those palate cleansers of mine. But listen, those taboo. I mean, do we all think that waking up to a blue alien eating you out is not a taboo thing? Oh, speaking of that. 
Oh, um, <laughs> have you read more? No, I oh. bought more, but I haven't read them. Oh. I also pre-ordered the next one that's coming out. But oh. anyways, um, <laughs> you have to catch up. Yeah. But Bride, so she like. Oh, we're back on that. Yeah. She like gets off and he's like, did you come? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, okay, I have to eat you out now. And she's like, what? And he's like, it's a werewolf thing. What? It's not explained at all. <laughs> it just leaves you wandering. Like you're yeah. like, what werewolf I- secret? What? Just say so you know. Okay, listen. One of the t- I guess so. Uh, I'm not shitting on the book. I think you need to read it. I know. I'm. I know. I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna read it. I'm. Um. I'm in the middle of like five books right now. <laughs> I'm trying to finish a fate inked in blood. Oh, this is an. Here's another one that I'm like. What? I need to read this right now. Come to Cupid. What? It's an indie book. Show me the cover. And apparently, well, I'm trying, and I tried to click on it, and then it and you fucked up. No, I tried to click on it. And it took me to the prologue instead oh, of showing. We the don't cover. want that. Apparently, this is real spicy. I'm like, oh, this is cute. Is it on Ku? Yeah. <gasps> okay. <gasps> by G, E I L S E L. They're going to say by Ask Jeeves. I Remember Ask Jeeves too? It says a spicy novella. So. Oh, it's a novella. So it's just a little guy. Yeah, I don't. How can you tell how many pages it is? Well, if it's a novella, isn't that less than two hundred? Or I don't know. Got to be less but than two fifty. Like, what is up with the the location thing on Kindle? That tells me fucking nothing. Yeah, I don't. It's just like a oh, one twenty seven. It says oh uh, oh. Well, we oh. oh oh. Did you? I'm on page six. I'm like trying to scroll through to get to the actual first page, and this is like it says shopping list, but this says bother to count and one cupid with a monster. <laughs> Okay, let's read this shopping list. This book does not have trigger warnings because if you're triggered by much, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> this book is filled with nothing but nastiness. If you're ready to read one-handed, continue. If not, don't say I didn't warn you. Here's the good stuff. If you're ready to read one-handed. <laughs> <laughs> Public masturbation, kidnapping, dubcon. I don't even know what that is. Dubcon? Do you be? Yeah. Dubcon definition. Dubcon refers to sex involving dubious consent in fan works. Oh, okay. This indicates that consent is unknown, not established with certainty, or gained through questionable circumstances. Okay. Okay. I just had never heard that term, dubcon. Okay. Anyways. Come play. Domination. Forced orgasm. Blade slash arrow play. Deep throating. Uh I don't know what this word is. Praise both ways, food play, orgasm denial, begging, anal play, snowballing. What the fuck is snowballing? Exhibitionism, ripped pants, ripped pants, face writing, carving okay. name on skin, edging, squirting, more cream pies than I bothered to count, and one cupid with a monster <laughs> Snowballing. We're fucking old. We're like, okay, Googling. Oxford language, the second one. So, first. <laughs> The first is throw snowballs at. Like, <laughs> I made sure the other kids stopped snowballing Cecilia. <laughs> and, and then the second one increased rapidly in size, intensity, or that's, importance. Nope, that's not it. We the camp. Like- what? Okay. Oh, what is the snowball effect in slang? Ew. Okay. I'm sorry that I said. <laughs> I'm disgusted by spit. 
So is that what this is? It's yes. So it says that it is. um, Oh, a person who sucks dick. Get oh no. Get no. No, it says the act of swapping semen from one person's mouth to another. The spit is so gross to me. I do not want anyone's saliva. I like how it's not the cum. It's not really the semen that's gross. I mean, I guess they're both gross, but well, when it's combined with the. Okay, yeah, no, I don't like that. It's one thing to swallow. It's another thing. No, it, you can spit or swallow. Don't swap. I have to quit reading about this. Stop reading about it. What was the other one that you were? Oh, praise both ways. Mm-hmm. Praise, like a praise thing. But it's, yeah, it, and it's in parentheses. It says both ways. They're both praising. It each goes other. both ways. Means that a situation or an act has equal effects or consequences. Into a, well, yeah. Praise both ways. Yeah, praise I is think, an expression of... I think you're, like, looking too much into this. It's, like, praise, like... Right. Like I just a good put, girl pra- kind of thing. I just put praise both ways meaning. Well, yeah. So she says it to him, and he says it to her, is what it means. Like, praise. Like You know when you set out to write praise kink smut and instead end up on a deep dive character-driven arc about addiction and self-loathing? Because same. Whoa! Okay. Oh, wow. The first thing that I pop up is Mood Reader Mama on Instagram. No one is forcing you to read it. About as taboo as I typically get is an age gap. But why would I care what other people read? You want, quote, disgusting behavior? How about the so-called authors, PAs, and readers working to get taboo authors banned because they don't like the content? I mean, preach it. If you don't like something, I would highly recommend you respond by not reading it as you were. Um, I did find the hiking's hound. You need this sticker. Oh, cute. It's a little Crescent City Postal Which, another thing, Therian has a like bonus chapter in CC2. So you're going to say Therian has a boner? (laughs) A bonus chapter in CC2 where he like gets in cahoots with a sketchy ass otter. That Nothing happens with that. Nope. Like, like, this year so far has just been a series of disappointments. God! No! A Fate Inked in Blood, guys, is already, is going so well. It's going life so ever well. get better? What? Is it just life ever get better? <laughs> no. No. Michaela says, I love all the unhinged theories, and you ladies have me in tears laughing at your banter. Uh- because we're fine. You're not supposed to encourage us. Yeah. <laughs> keep it coming. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What do you think about uh, Buncey being like, this is the best SJM book ever. This is my favorite book I've ever read. I'm like, I'm like, are, is that she satire? Said, she also said, I never claimed to have good taste. Uh, that was the part where I was like, yeah, at least people you were coming for her. Because... Can we talk about how? No. I I threatened him with an an inch of his life when he used my Throne of Glass book for photos. You're dramatic. He did not tell me he was using it. And then I see it in a fucking video. And I was like, sir, uh, sir, they don't make those anymore. You said I saw them in the store the other day. Not those. If you saw those, you best go back to whatever store you fucking saw and you're going to buy them. Pick it up. I said, that is worth more than you. That's why I tell them about everything. I'm like, that is worth more. That costs more than you do. I'm just saying. The other day I was telling Casey about how much some of these books are like reselling for. And he was like offended. 
how much they were reselling for. He said, you, you would pay that much? And I didn't have the heart to tell him that I have paid <laughs> that much. And uh, yeah, he was like, uh, I said, bitch, you have a $1,200 lighter in this house. Don't fucking play me. I said, you ain't never going to use it. He said, you ever going to read those books? Maybe. All of my Throne of Glass hardcovers, um, I bought those individually on Amazon in 2021, 25, 30 bucks a piece, and I read all of them. They've all been read once. So, fuck off, Casey. <laughs> Man, some people are just really keeping their House of Flame in shadow. I did see where Hofas was number one on... I think, like, all the bestsellers lists. I'm sure. Did, did they release numbers? Um, let's see. Number one. Number one is House of Flame and Shadow. Number two is Fourth Wing. Number three is Iron Flame. This week? Yeah. In what category? So hardcover fiction. Number one is House of Flame and Shadow. Number two is Fourth Wing. Number three is Iron Flame. Number four is the Heaven of Earth grocery store. The Heaven and Earth grocery store. Number five is Gothicana. Paperback trade fiction. Number one is House of Earth and Blood. Number four is House of Sky and Breath. Combined print and ebook fiction is House of Flame and Shadow, Fourth Wing, Iron Flame, House of Earth and Blood. Weird. Um, where can I go to find? Because it would... Because we would be, the first week sales numbers would already be out for House of Flame and Shadow, right? I would think. I don't really know how long that is. Here we go. First week sales. Three days ago, The Guardian mass sold 44,761 copies of the new title in the week of its launch. Coming in behind Terry Pratchett's 2011 book, Snuff, with 54,687 launch week sales. And Rebecca Yaros's Iron Flame, which saw a record-setting 57,055 sales last November. So that's not including all of her pre-orders. So what's it say? How so, many was hers? So it says, Mass sold 44,761 copies. In the week of its launch. Yeah, that's not. But pre-order numbers, they were showing over 750,000 pre-orders. Oh, wow. And then Time Magazine has, that mass has already sold more than 38 million copies of her books. It's crazy. Worldwide. And it's translated in 38 different languages. That's wild. That's insane. Yeah, I was just wondering what those first week numbers look like. Which Iron Flame was super hyped after, also with it being released so close to Fourth Wing, she was still riding on that, like, hype train for it to hit that high of sales during the week. Yeah. Um, it's crazy, though, that, that 54000 for Terry Pratchett's book Snuff in 2011, like, that's a lot. For a 2011 book release? You gotta think. There were no, like... But did he... Was that, like, right after he died? No, he died in 2015. Oh, yeah. Wow, he was only 66? That doesn't even make the list of his top books. No. I did not realize that Good Omens was 
from 1990. I didn't know that. Him and Neil Gaiman wrote that book together. Um, I was trying to see. There, snuff. So I was like, what? This is his Discworld novels? Never heard of her. The one that came out after... So are these like YA books, I guess? Confused. The Tiffany Aching Paperback Collection? I don't know. He's written so many things. R.I.P. to a great. That launch week sales list. That's kind of crazy. I think it's just wild that it was a 2011 release. And you just didn't really... Books weren't... Outside of like J.K. Rowling, books just weren't hyped. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe we weren't just the correct audience, you know? Yeah, probably. Huh. I don't know. Am I still bummed about it? Yeah. Am I going to get over it anytime soon? Probably not. Which part? Hofast? Yeah. Yeah. I read a review earlier and it was like, I'm depressed. I need ice cream. Like, oh, yeah, I feel you. Mm-hmm. So now we just got to start working on theories for Act R5. First of all, Sarah needs to apologize. <laughs> yeah. I need you to go on Apple Podcasts and look at our reviews. No, it's good. Oh. I just want you to see it for yourself. Let me tell you, the people have been showing up since we said people shit on us. Because on Spotify, we are up to 16 reviews and we have a 4.8. Okay, hold on. We're going to Apple Podcast. That's so sweet. Thank Michelle 22. I love you. Thanks, Michelle. We're a comfort listen. so sweet uh, and they don't think we're annoying I love it I think I'm annoying me too <laughs> I fucking hate you I think I'm annoying oh <laughs> bro I don't have anything else wow I don't either we're just hanging oh okay <laughs> we could like, say something <laughs> take these off if I was like do you want to take these off alright well thanks for listening thanks for listening We'll see you next week. We promise not to complain the whole time. I don't. I do. Oh. I'll be more positive next week, I promise. Oh. I can't make any promises. <laughs> I'll be here with bells on. Oh. I'm going to squash those bells. And All right. Well, anyways. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye.